Let me tell you about George. George and I met because of Xena, Warrior Princess. <laughs> Xena was looking for female singer-songwriters to be fitted with breastplates and featured on a musical episode of the show. So, as I came through LA on tour, George and I took a meeting. Well, I never got my breastplate. <laughs> <laughs> but I did get my George. And George gets me. We've been getting each other for over 16 years now. We get asked all the time, if we have kids, are you gonna have kids? Have you ever thought about having kids? Every time I sign in at any doctor, dentist office, they ask if I could be pregnant. Not just are you pregnant, but could you be? Well, George and I have tried to get pregnant. We've tried every version of getting pregnant. Hundreds of needles, hours in waiting rooms, four acupuncturists, four therapists, bouts of hysterical crying, astronomical bills, overwhelming despair. I once spent two months kneeling every morning in front of a flowering houseplant, trying to visualize myself producing a bud. <laughs> that was a low point. <laughs> but all of that takes too long to say when I'm signing in at the dentist. So when they ask if I could be pregnant, I just say no. Welcome to IVFU, a podcast about the pain, joy, angst, and love of trying to make a family the new-fashioned way. I'm your host, Sam Shaber, and that was me you just heard performing a story about the emotional weight of infertility. And I'm a freak in love, a freak in love with you. Today, you'll meet Savannah, a therapist specializing in infertility who understands the mental and emotional fallout of this whole crazy quest, not only as a professional caregiver, but also as a woman who lived it herself. I'm so grateful for her guidance, her clarity, and her willingness to share the couch with us. So start the timer. Our session's about to begin. Maybe this whole thing was a big ploy to get free therapy from you. <laughs> Can you imagine? I went. Out, I bought this whole four-channel mixer yeah, board not very just to show up and get free therapy from you. It cost four times what a session with you would cost. Um, I'm speaking with Savannah Sandfield, who is now. I would say you're a therapist. Am I missing a word, or is that no? That's it. That's what I'm you would a, say. I'm a therapist. <laughs> and do you specialize in? working with couples that are struggling with fertility? I How do. do you describe it? Yeah, I, uh, that's that's one of my specialties. One of your specialties. Yeah, I used to work with kids. Yeah, so what is your background? How did you come to focus on this? Well, I certainly got into the infertility business through my own journey. It comes. It often <laughs> comes from a place like that. Exactly. Yeah. So I, see, I started trying at 32, you know, with the big guns. Mm-hmm. IUI. Oh, so you were already doing like, you had help at that point. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. You know, I always wanted to be a mom and I was a child therapist <laughs> for years. Yeah. So I was already a therapist and, you know, fascinated and um, passionate about human development and parenting and, um, you know, studied babies. And so it was like, you know, oh. I think I started saving like baby clothes when I was like 12. You know what wow. I mean? Wow. So, so you I'm really like knew. That, person You're that yeah person. wow yeah <laughs> like you know talk about identity you know this yeah. was really like 
this had to happen. Um, yeah, IUI, IVF. So it must have been a shock too when suddenly you were having trouble. Well, you know, I, I had endometriosis. Oh, my whole okay. Life. Yeah. So I had a kind of fear, you know? Yeah. Um, and what was that like to be working with children, helping children, immersed in children and babies, and not be able to have a baby? Well, I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I stopped. Hence the change of career. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it wasn't a change of career, but yeah. I, I stopped focusing on children. And, yeah. And then I was just focusing more on adults. Yeah. yeah. Lots of different cycles. Yeah. And um, back in those days, we did fresh and frozen. So this is now like 10 years ago or 12, you know, 12 years ago or something. Mm -hmm. So it was just on and on, you know, I had many losses, yeah. right? So it was like, I don't even know how many, Yeah, but I did have a very big loss at four months, oh, I think it was. Wow. And that's when I was like, I don't like these eggs anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done with these eggs. Yeah. Like, I don't want these eggs. Yeah. I don't like these eggs. <laughs> Like, I don't, I'm I don't angry. need these eggs yeah. and I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> and thus began the great egg hunt. Mm. And then I just was like, eggs, where am I going to get my eggs? <laughs> <laughs> or it was more like the, like a zombie, you know, like looking for yeah. brains. I was <laughs> right. just like, eggs, eggs. You, you walk know, down the street you, and every woman oh my just God, looks like an egg. Every yeah. woman. I'd be like, wow, nice curves. You <laughs> yeah. know, that lo she looks fertile. She must have great <laughs> eggs. <laughs> And I was literally looking on Craigslist. Wow. Yeah. And like sending pictures to my friends and saying. So this is, so were you doing like, like I'm going to Doesn't find... she look great? What do you think about her? And, you know, my friends would be like, not know what Are to say. Are people offering their <laughs> eggs on Craigslist? I don't, you know, I don't, does Craigslist even exist Craigslist anymore? Craigslist still exists okay. and has yeah. the same font. It looks exactly okay. the same, which I know because I just listed my couch on Craigslist. Okay. And it's the same. Okay. But I did yeah. not know there were do egg donors on Craigslist. Well, I was looking on craigslist wow yeah so you, you know were, I, yeah did you do like i'm gonna find an agency and an egg donor sure thing i and, did the did okay i looked at the agencies and the you know leafed through all their things right, their and, profiles yeah and, showing yeah. my husband you know what do you think about her are you hot for her you know <laughs> do you like her it's so weird yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so weird i mean george and i would do the same thing and he would be like she's not pretty enough and i'm like george how can you say that about another woman <laughs> that's that's male show he's like i'm just saying i think you're pretty and she's not pretty enough and i was like oh it's an i see it's a compliment okay i'm not i wasn't quite getting it. right yeah right. it's yeah. a weird it's a weird thing it's a weird headspace yeah yeah so right. you're looking on craigslist for eggs yeah yeah <laughs> did and you find some not on craigslist okay um i you know i got my friends were kind of started smacking me around a yeah. little bit saying this is you're going crazy yeah. um but i yeah i found my eggs i uh actually opted to go internationally oh wow okay yeah, so for I, cost cost and also i couldn't make the choice that process of, of going, you know, what about my, you know, her, her hair, her eyes, her, it's so weird. her IQ. And it just felt it's like DNA um, shopping. It was it's, really hard. Yeah. yeah, it was DNA shopping. And then the fact that price tag sort of changes and according to these qualifiers and um yeah that's i think that's something people don't realize it's very it feels kind of gross and black markety very it's hopefully mostly regulated especially in california they're pretty yes, good but you know is. people with a college degree can charge more people who've donated before can charge more pretty people can charge more i mean it's kind of the grossest monetary evaluation of human beings it's really it's a pretty hard space to hang out in yeah and i 
commend people that can do it and do it. And, and I am there to support people through that as much as possible. Um, it was just kind of making me crazy because I was just kind of going to like, I want the best. Yeah. And it, and I started to feel gross and weird. And, and so I had to just kind of throw all that away. And then I just went into this other whole direction where it's like you go to the Czech Republic and they just decide for you. Oh, I didn't realize And then it that. becomes this just like, you don't get to choose. Wow. Do you know anything about them? Like medical Very history little. or anything? Very, you get a little medical history, yeah. you know, quote unquote. But that we it's hope like, is real. Ultimately. Yeah. <laughs> we hope it's real. <laughs> and it's really more like adoption or something. Yeah. You know, it's more like. Wow. And do you physically go to the Czech Republic? Yeah. Oh, you do? I did. Because you do the procedure there. Yeah. Wow. And my husband went like a little like <laughs> impregnating vacation exactly go, wow yeah now what is that like uh, so medical tourism medical tourism that's true there is a name for that yeah so the czech republic that was a successful it mission? sure was okay. they put two in and they took two out did you have a therapist yourself when you were going through it i did ah. i did and that probably was the training yeah <laughs> that i really needed and and really got and i should say that you you are my therapist. I this know. is happening in real time. I, so. I wasn't going to say it until you said it. I know. Yes. And in fact, we came to you, George and I, kind of at the end of our journey. 10 embryo transfers. Everything had failed. Every version of everything. Two egg donors, even the whole nine yards. Mm -hmm. And we came to you in a place of extreme darkness and confusion. When we were here one day, we just couldn't wrap our heads around anything. And Savannah said, well, let's just take money off the table for a second. We, we know we've got four options. You can keep doing IVF, which, as I had said, feels like abuse at yeah. this point. Self-inflicted, but still. Yeah. Um, you can try surrogacy. You can try adoption or you can try you can build a life without children, which is a very viable option as well. And I remember I said, well, you can't take money off the table. Money's always on the table. What do you mean take? And you said, I I'm just saying, if we remove the cost for a moment, you know, if money was no object and I was like, money's always an object. What do you mean? If and I think it was George that was like, let's just, let's just take a breath. And he was like, let's see where this is going. And the minute we did remove the money, all of a sudden it was very clear to me that the option for me was surrogacy. And I didn't know when we'd ever be able to do it. We didn't have the money at that point. We it, There wasn't a thing of like, great, let's go out and get the money. Like, we didn't know where that was going to come from. I'm a musician. George is a screenwriter. It's, you know, feast or famine or more like snack or famine mm -hmm. sometimes. Right. But just knowing that, having that resolve mm. helped me so much. And I think it helped me also regain my identity because I'd had my identity as an IVF patient for five years and as a failed IVF patient and as mm. sort of an angry non-mom. Mm -hmm. And I was actually strangely comfortable with that because I knew what that I wasn't happy with it, but, but I was comfortable. You had something to kind of hang your coat on. Yeah. I could hang my coat yeah. on it. Exactly. I knew what my nameplate was on my door. <laughs> and now suddenly that was really just closed for me. I couldn't do it anymore. And yeah, it was a very lonely, lost mm. time. So just to have my new nameplate as the person who will someday do surrogacy. And now we're wow. having a baby with a surrogate. Oh so. my God. I have to just get, I think I have to get some of the excitement out of the way because <laughs> we're kind of like closing in on like a That's happy right. ending. I know. And that happens to be the sort of big prize of my job, right? That's true. And actually, so I got into this through Resolve and they're great. And, you know, they're 
there's there's challenges um, for people that are struggling in terms of getting on there and 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 hearing the stories and you know not everyone can really tolerate that it can yeah. be very painful and um, painful how or why? well because sometimes you know it's hard for people and I think you might remember yeah you know just hearing the stories I remember I didn't want a support group because I couldn't stand to talk to other women that were either failing or succeeding. Exactly. I didn't want to compare myself to them. No, that's it. And it's, it's really tough. Yeah. You know, and then you can get kind of sucked in into this sort of, you know, almost becomes like an addiction where you can't stop. And so that's another thing that, that people find themselves like they can't turn it off. It's interesting because I've read that the emotional duress of infertility is equivalent to that of cancer. And I think that it makes a lot of sense because they both take over your life while you're trying to do something else. No one is trying to focus their entire lives on getting pregnant or on fighting their breast cancer. But mm. when it happens, it just starts to wipe out every other thing. Everything. I mean, you can't yeah. be in chemotherapy treatment and live a full life otherwise and you can't be running around to doctors and taking IVF medicines and having embryo transfers and right. without it taking oh it just takes over your life and dealing with miscarriages and yeah miscarriages waiting and, for those two weeks and yeah yeah no you're saying it so well it's really it's I always I used to say having a baby is not my whole life but trying to have a baby has become my whole life yeah <laughs> yeah and it affects your physical body and it affects your relationships, right? Because almost every relationship can get compromised yeah. because some people you can't talk to anymore. And yeah. um, and then you have lovely, well-meaning people coming across <laughs> you and saying, well, just wait till you have kids. Then you'll really know what oh, it's like to God. sacrifice <laughs> or oh, then you're no. really going to and you're like, thanks. It's <laughs> so awful. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have people I shut out for several years. Yeah. I'm not sure they noticed. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if someone's if, if three times you talk to someone and they always manage to say the wrong thing, and it just gets to the point where you have to protect yourself and you just say, I'm not calling that person anymore. Absolutely. When I have a baby, I'll call that person. And then suddenly one day I realized, oh, I'm not having a baby. I'm never having a baby. Mm. I guess I'm never calling that person again. Right. And now, and now, surprise, surprise, we are having a baby. And I, and I have actually been like slowly getting back in touch with people and Interesting. not telling them. I honestly, I don't think they noticed that I wasn't calling them for a couple of years. And now that we're in this new phase, it almost makes me angry to realize that, yeah, it really was as bad as it was. Like now everyone's so happy for me and I'm getting all the things that I had wanted for so long, which is wonderful. But then I know that when I didn't have them, I really didn't have them. Yeah. And it, it sort of makes me angry for my self of three years ago. Mm, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dark, you know, another way to kind of think about it is, you know, we have these um, human needs, these developmental tasks, you know, starting in like 20s and 30s, they are intimacy versus isolation. Hmm. You're going to achieve intimacy in your life mm. beyond that of your original family of origin. And, you know, a really convenient way to do that is to couple up and have a baby, right? And there's all this right. intimacy there. And then the next phase is uh, generativity versus stagnation. 
And, wow. And I think that, but, and that's sort Which of like 30s, what? 40s, 50s. And what's generativity? Procreation? Well, you know, a very palpable way of being generative is to reproduce, certainly. Right. And you're going to definitely feel your usefulness and your productivity in that way. Right. right? And that's a real that's human, like the easy, yeah, that, is the liter- yeah. that is a literal way to, you know, move to that next place. Right. Yeah. Otherwise it's stagnation. Right. And I think that anyone who's dealing with infertility, if they hear those two words, like isolation and stagnation, kind of... That's what it feels like. Yeah, that yeah. kind of nails it. You're right? stuck. I missed weddings. I mi- I was constantly having to wait to book gigs. I couldn't go on tour. I could, you know, so I just felt like my whole life was on hold. Yeah. And I kept thinking, if I can just get pregnant, then I can plan. Then mm-hmm. I know, for the most part, all being well, I've got nine months to finish whatever I'm working on, and then I'll stop my life for a little while, and I'll focus, and then I'll figure out the mom with the baby. I don't know how what that. I didn't know what it would be, but if I could just get pregnant, mm-hmm. I could start answering that puzzle and also resolving the ambivalence. Because right. we talked about that too. A lot of women you feel ambivalent or men, maybe you feel ambivalent about being a parent, but then you have a baby and you may still feel ambivalent, but at least you can work it out once it's (laughs) happened finally. Yeah. yeah. But I was never able to get to that point of, I can't work out theoretical ambivalence. I mean, I don't know what it's going to be. Right. So, so we talked about that a lot. Yeah. Because you weren't 100%. wasn't 100% on board. Into it and, and not quite ready to kind of move on to the next phase because you've had a lot of generativity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've been very creative and felt very empowered through your own. um, Yeah. I ran everything. If I want to make an album, I make an album. If I want to go on tour, I book the tour. I always say who I say, what I say, where I say, when, you know, I do it all. If I want to make it happen, I make it happen. Right. Um, I want to do a podcast. I'm doing a podcast. And and you have, (laughs) and, and a lot of your identity has been within that framework, right? Right. Yeah. And here's a thing that no matter what I did, I couldn't make it happen. I couldn't book this tour. (laughs) I couldn't control it. Yeah. And you tell me if I'm wrong here, but I remember you kind of hating people that that do this. (laughs) Yes. Right? People that, what, have kids. Or that do infertility treatments. yeah. I was like, I'm not supposed to be here. at all. Yeah. Yeah. Even at the very, very beginning, I was very resentful that I had to take prenatal vitamins. I was like, I'm not Mm -hmm. taking prenatal. I'm not one of those people. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Who are those people? I don't know. I was like, I'm not going to try that hard. Like, whatever. (laughs) And then like a year later, I remember I had a gig one night. And I, I was obsessive about the prenatal. Once I was on them, I was, I thought they were going to make me pregnant. Like you would think it was Clomid or something. You know, I was like crazy about taking them at the same time every day. And I would set the alarm and I was backstage at a show and I had put them in my guitar case, two vitamins, not a bottle because it was too bulky. And I'm backstage talking to the drummer who I've hired for the night. So he doesn't know anything that's going on. And I, the alarm's going off on my phone to take my prenatal, and I can't find them. And these two pills are lost in the pocket of my guitar case, and we're in the wings. And I remember I'm just digging and digging and looking up and talking to him. But you know when you're like looking for something and you're distracted, yeah. and you're like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> digging, digging. And I, and I couldn't find them, and I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to get pregnant. Oh my God, no. it's, I've ruined everything. I can't find the prenatal vitamins. Do you have a father? I mean, any type of father? 
then you're going to want to hear a new series called Tell Me About Your Father. It's all about father figures, daddy issues, and dismantling the paternal mystique. Tell Me About Your Father aims to unpack all facets of the father, the loving, the ambivalent, the supportive, the irresponsible, the wealthy, the living, the dead. <laughs> These are the fathers who built us up and, well, let us down. It's free therapy, but funnier and just as deep. Tell Me About Your Father Season 1 is available now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Now, I'm curious because so I wanted to talk about triggers, mm. a very important word. Yeah. Um, I it's interesting because so, yes, I am having a baby. So you would think all is well and good. I still get triggered when I see pregnant women. And I still get very upset when I see pregnant women. Yeah. Like we were going to take parenting classes and suddenly I realized I'm going to be in a room with all these glowing pregnant women. And I said, I can't do it. Let's buy a book. <laughs> so we bought a book. Is that a typical trigger for patients that you have? Do uh, they? I mean, absolutely. And I'm so glad that you were able to kind of set that limit. Yeah. And figure out your way to kind of. Um, you know, be gentle with yourself and accept your human limitation. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. like, you know what? It's okay for you to not be thrilled to see the big bellies. Yeah. That's really okay. You know, a lot Good. of people kind of like go like, why can't I just be, you know, what? Like, yeah, not I should let it go. Human emotions. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's going to be tough. You know, yeah. I always say that's going to be a tough one. And and that's not to say that there isn't still a lot of isolation and it's still just so hard in this and shame, you know, yeah. um, to find the right support, you know, like the right people to talk to because of everything you're describing, right? Yeah. It's just so hard to get what you need. <laughs> and sometimes you think you're in a safe place and right. then you discover that you're not. People should have some boundaries, but like, of course, I totally get it. I opened the gate. Yeah. But that's the problem too. Sometimes you open the gate to people and you get what you're not expecting in return. That's right. And then yeah. you have to run away and cry in your car for a little <laughs> yeah. while. Right. And how would you talk to someone who's here? Because yeah. this is always helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little information about that. Right. Is, you know, what do you say to the friend who's struggling who's with struggling. this? And, you know, it's just like any other kind of grief. And you don't have to try to make the other person feel better. Right. You actually don't have to. Ironically, if you don't try to make them feel better, they might feel better. Right. Because <laughs> you're, you're actually giving them the space to grieve. Yeah. Everybody wants to fix it. They yeah. want to think of the one thing you haven't thought of that might mm -hmm. fix it. And, right. and I think it's mostly because they want it to be better. But yeah. I think because we are all human a little bit, and I'll speak for myself on this. I'll blame myself. You want to be the one that fixes it sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, like I want to be the one. And they're like, oh, I never thought about not eating tofu. Oh, my God. And you're the one who told me not to eat tofu. And then I got pregnant. It was amazing. You know, right. you're the reason I did the yoga classes. And then I got pregnant. Save the day. Save the day. Yeah. So I think there's a little bit of that. But I do mm -hmm. think probably most of it is, well, there's got to be something they haven't thought of yet. This can't be right. And one thing I struggled with specifically with the infertility is there is a moment where you need to stop. You need to stop. Mm -hmm. It's done. We're done. Yeah, but the world right. doesn't want you to be done. Oh my God. They, they don't want you don't to be done. They don't want you to stop. Yeah. And they want to give you hope. And what I struggled with was hope was not helping me. Mm. Hope was keeping me from grieving 
and moving, moving on. on. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's why I, that's what I learned from my own therapist too. Ah. So that I think for me, like the process would have taken longer, you know, it kind of, kind of condensed the experience for yeah. me a little bit Yeah, because I was able to go, Oh, that's why I, you know, I'm so hung up on this particular thing or that's why this means so much to me or, you know what I mean? Right. And I right. can sort of let it go and go, Oh, but you know, maybe I wasn't ever going to sort of recreate my perfect, um, childhood anyway. So moving on or, you know, right. Here's the new life <laughs> that we're going to, yeah, because you can't, I mean, it's, it is like death. It really is grieving and it really is like death. And when, when your dad dies, Nobody says, well, he might still be alive, you know, mm. but well, well, now what if you could bring him back to life? Did you try, you know, did you mm -hmm. have a seance? Cause right. maybe, no, they <laughs> want to give you closure and they want to help you feel better and move forward. But with infertility, nobody wants you to move forward. They don't want closure. They yeah. want you to keep trying for you, not right. for them. Um, and I had to finally start saying to people, like, I don't want, no, I don't need hope. They're like, so that's good news because she, they stopped trying and then she got pregnant by oh, accident. God. You're like, that's not helping not me. The, like, not the present, not the pregnant by accident. Not the pregnant by accident. Like, <laughs> even when we hadn't stopped yet, first of all, the pregnant by accident always drove me crazy because <laughs> I'm so happy for everyone that got pregnant by accident. But like, there's nothing I can do to induce an accident to happen. <laughs> like, there's no drug for that. There's no protocol for that. So telling me about all these happy accidents is only making me feel worse because they're not happening to me as I'm going. But even even as we were still going, having hope wasn't really helping me. Of course, I had hope, but I also wanted to have reality and I right. wanted to have grounding yeah. and a plan B and mm -hmm. a, and a way to heal even each individual time you need a way to heal yes. and you have to step away I think from hope for a while mm -hmm. and eat a great donut or go hang out with your other best friend that doesn't have kids or do yes. something crazy you couldn't do if you had a kid like mm, do those things yeah absolutely you know, I love get, that get wasted yeah whatever. and do not and stay away from children for a little while you, you know? exactly and just don't you dare like take care of someone's kid or you know right whatever like no 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 you do not have to you deal have with to kids move on for a while yeah and yeah. then you can come back to it if yeah. you do. so it, exactly yeah yeah so I also was wondering so you do see a lot of couples that are struggling mm -hmm. with infertility yeah how is that do they come to you when they're at the breaking point do they well, come to yeah. you in the middle what I mean is I guess usually I'm seeing actually more of just women yeah occasionally her partner will come in if there's two women I'm more likely to see both partners mm -hmm. <laughs> um but yeah I don't think men like to really hang out <laughs> in this space too long I mean yeah. you know if we're generalizing yeah I mean men definitely struggle with this process yeah. definitely it has a huge effect on men I'm curious what the male perspective is Mm. on this even being married to a male and we've talked about it but mm -hmm. you know it's best case scenario they are just trying to keep their partner afloat that's right they're trying to keep their partner afloat but they also are struggling with that individuation process and you know like they want to start creating their own family habits and they don't necessarily want to go 
back home for the holidays over and over again and 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 they're ready to move on with the next phase of their life right um and they're feeling isolated from their peers but at the same time you know i guess if we're speaking generally that you know it's not their body yeah <laughs> that's failing them right and they're very often they can really throw themselves into another kind of focus right mm, right like work and you get mean, that or... generativity going in that yeah. other way right yeah well it's interesting because george's you know, without compromising George, but one, one thing I think he would agree to for sure is he was measuring himself against his dad a lot and his mm. parents mm. In, in terms of his age. Right. And, you know, by the time my dad was my age, I was 17 years old or he already had three kids by the time my dad was my age. By the time my dad was my, you know, my dad coached Little League and I'll be 50 when this kid is old enough to be in Little or whatever. You know, so there was that for him. I think the age yeah. was hard. He wasn't it wasn't so much the pain of not having a child yet. It was sort of doing the math constantly mm -hmm. of how old he'll be now and how old he'll be then and how old he'll be yes. then. And, and that's really common. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in this, you know, the population that I tend to see that is very often the through line and we for, for men and, and women too. Yeah. But definitely that's tends more to be men, the case for men. Well, it's just that they tend to be older. Right. <laughs> right. That's true. <laughs> in this dynamic, and in this town that we live in, I mean, it's very specific, right? I yeah, mean, it's, it's a know. Hollywood thing. Yeah, yeah, that's really true. <laughs> that's interesting. So, if it's an older man with a quite younger not, woman, not always dramatically younger, okay. but like often somewhat younger. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that could be. I mean, okay, this is too dark, but like you would think, oh, I'm marrying this young woman; it'll be no big deal. Right. We'll have kids, no problem. Absolutely, no. That's not dark. That okay. is. That has definitely. You know, that is a real thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Because men do want to have children. Yeah. <laughs> they really do. Yeah. And so, you know, definitely people want to, they think about that. They, men think about how old a woman is. For the, for having children. Yeah. Wow. They do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I shouldn't my be surprised. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I don't think they necessarily shouldn't. I mean, I don't blame them for that. I think that's just. Do you think there's anger there then or resentment or. No, I think that it's just that there's, you mean anger at the woman? Yeah. No, I haven't experienced that. Okay. It's just that there are no guarantees. Right. Is what it, what it really comes down to. Right. Right. Do you have a lot of patients that come in where the money is the big Absolutely. Part? Yeah. Oh yeah. Huge, huge. Cause it's, it is oh, huge. It's so hard to just be weighing and analyzing and, and gambling and oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Huge. Because even the decision huge. to seek therapy is affected. Yeah, by that. I yes, mean, that's why sadly, we kept stopping and starting because if someone didn't blow my socks off, I wasn't going to keep coming in because it's not covered. Absolutely. And, the and the that would IVF. be a great, there was talk at one point about getting some kind of a fund together for that. I would love to be a part of something like that. I always reserve a couple of spots for sliding scale, but, oh, wow. but it's, uh, you know, I can't do that for everyone. Right. And yeah, that is a huge issue for people. And man, it would just help so much yeah. if, if they could get that. But then, yeah, there's generally there's like, you got to choose between the acupuncture or the, totally. you know, That's so or true. the yeah. Mayan uterine massage or the, <laughs> right. you know, right. Or, right. Or, or yeah. the yoga retreat or the... Or the eggs or... Or the eggs, or the exactly. Surrogate. Even getting help becomes 
part of the stress yeah, of absolutely. infertility. Yeah. And then of course that is very common where I, with couples and they're yeah. seeing me and it's like, they're, you know, the reason why they're struggling is because of the money and yeah, very common. And, and is there any way you are able to help the emotions that surround the money? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think what so. Are, what can you talk about those tech? Are they techniques or are they well, just case I by mean, case? I mean, yeah, they're definitely case by case. Yeah. But I think, you know, you spoke about it earlier where we just have to kind of break things down a little bit and separating what our priorities are, what is a true problem. <laughs> you know, we have to be really careful about not oh. um, wrapping in things that aren't really problems into the scenario, right? And My kinda... dad called it getting global <laughs> when all of a sudden it's like everything and that chair broke and then right. when I was in high school I always wanted to be on the basketball team. Exactly, because yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a moment of crisis very often. So, yeah. So, yeah, just kind of landing, you know, kind of getting some grief out mm -hmm. um, can just help the mind start to get out of this sort of more primitive fight or flight area of the brain and go yeah. and get into like problem solving. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 To kind of get the panic off the top a bit. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And then if I'm, if there's a couple, then, you know, how can we kind of, how can we come together and, and, and comfort each other? Yeah. Because often you take stuff out on each other Absolutely. and you don't know you're doing it. Yes. And it's, we were home for, um, home in New York for Christmas and snapping at each other constantly and George's mm -hmm. mother put a shower together for us but I hadn't initially wanted a shower and I was being bitchy about that and then you know like yeah. I'm complaining about this beautiful baby shower that your mother has planned mm -hmm. and like been ordering centerpieces and gone so far out of her way and reserved this lovely Aww. room and like yeah, I mean really <laughs> you know and I'm like she got us a guest book and he's like yeah and I'm like I didn't say I wanted a guest book he's like mm okay you know it's like yeah it's a beautiful guest book it's like thank god we got a guest book everybody signed the guest book and it's it's a fabulous and of course I wasn't upset that his mother got us a guest book mm -hmm. I was upset that I'm having a baby and I'm gonna lose control over much of my life and here was a moment where someone went and got a guest book that I hadn't asked for which was again sort of it wasn't a loss of control but it was like I didn't tell you to do that right. but that's what my life is about to be for 17 years so I'm sort of like Oh, you know, I think for me, that's what that was, was yeah. this like, I'm trying to grip onto the control in my life. Yeah. And I'm assuming when you have a baby, that's not a thing and that you can well, do. And, so. and, you're, and you're shifting now. I mean, this is, yeah. this is a developmental phase for you right yeah. now. You know, your identity is going to shift. It's going to shift. Soon. Yeah. And that's, and that's... I'll be right back here in this room to talk, <laughs> <laughs> to, talk to you. And about it. I will welcome you with open <laughs> arms. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I really just have one more question, which is there anything you'd like to add? Is there any advice, any other thoughts, any philosophy? Um, be kind to yourself. Yes. And be just fierce about finding that person that can be of comfort to you. Mm -hmm. and really getting it. And I guess the other thing would be, you know, another... That person who might be a therapist or a friend, a or friend. do you mean find a friend? Yeah, and, yeah, a friend or, you know, go online, find some support that way if you can, if that can work for you. Be really prioritize yourself and to give yourself so many passes mm -hmm. around baby showers and 
being quote unquote rude. Um, I guess the other piece would be a lot of people are not able to grieve fully because they're in a constant sort of comparing themselves to other people. Oh, yeah. You know, I just had my miscarriage at two weeks and, you know, she had hers at like four months. Or, oh, so and they feel like they don't deserve they to don't, grieve. Yeah, they don't feel justified. Or I can afford this IVF and my friend could only do IUIs and so that you just, your experience gets kind of yanked out from underneath you. Um, and you and have to so allow they, yourself. And then you don't get to process, right? Yeah. And Because it's one thing to have compassion, and I think that's really important. But if you can't move through the process, then you can get kind of stuck, mm-hmm. you know? And you probably turn it even more on yourself at that point. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's. I would bet that's also very common for people doing IVF for their second or third child. Because oh, sure. they have trouble finding. I mean, I will admit, I knew friends who had one child already or two, and they were they were struggling, having horrible experiences with IVF and infertility treatment for their next children. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't give them any support. Exactly, they it, have you a know, very hard time, very hard time, yeah, finding that group. That is a very hard little niche in there. Yeah, for sure. Because um, some people are like, well, why do you even need to do this? Yeah. You already have one, you know, and it doesn't yes. make it any less painful. Not I mean, all. I know that, but I at the same time, but I at was the same time, you are to not going to be able to stand there and yeah, and give it. And you need to know your limitations. You know, that's right. perfectly appropriate. And would you have any advice? Ideally, when would someone seek therapy? Is there preventative therapy? Like if you mm. knew you were about to start IVF and you had billions of dollars, could you just jump right into therapy then? Mm. Or does that not even make sense? If, if, whenever you're having to kind of shift around into this sort of family building yeah. in these other ways and you have to kind of bring in other people or genetics, um, yeah, I think it takes some processing. Yeah. Um, it certainly helps. Yeah. For sure. To kind of clarify what your goals are are exactly and what what your values are what you're really working for here and I, and I think also the benefit of a therapist not versus a friend we all need friends of course but you know friends are they give you sympathy they give you comfort but they don't always give you clarity no, or knowledge and I right. think that's what has been so helpful for me about therapy is, you know, I'm just saying this for people who might be thinking, well, why should I spend money on that? I can always talk to my friend or something, which of course mm-hmm. you can, but for me specifically, the, the good therapists, mm-hmm. they also give you knowledge and they can define feelings for me, which are, which is very helpful for mm-hmm. me. Maybe other people don't care so much, but, and also I don't feel like I have to be your friend back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can yeah. just walk out the door. Yeah. Whereas other people, they might be struggling with their own thing. But if I'm devastated by a pregnancy fail, I may not have anything left to right. give them. And, you know, when you pay someone for their time, not yeah. to be totally crass, but like that time is mine. Yes, and it is. And it's all about me. And I think mm-hmm. that that alone can actually be very helpful. Absolutely. When you're talking about, you know, allowing yourself the grief and allowing, that you know, validating yourself. Yes. And, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, thank you so much yes. for sitting down with me in this beautiful room at this little table. My pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful to have you as a resource and to Aww. be in touch with you. And, and I appreciate all of your support. Thank you. So I'm, I'm so excited for you on this next Thank you. phase. <laughs> We're getting there. <laughs> 
Thanks for joining me for Episode 8 of IVFU. Come back to us Episode 9, where you'll meet Kathleen, an adoptive mom with a rebellious heart and some strong arguments for leaving your genetics behind. We both had really painful childhoods, and we both were born to into heavily alcoholic families. So I was also born with um, bright red hair and bright red skin because I was covered in eczema. Yeah. <laughs> so um, maybe we would be bypassing that. The IVFU podcast is produced by me, Sam Shaber, and Emmeline Summerton, and we'd love to hear from you. Please join our conversation on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at IVFU Podcast. For episode transcripts and to download our theme song, Freak in Love by Sam Shaber and The Happy Problem, visit IVFUPodcast.com. IVFU is distributed by Inside Voices Media. Our mixer is Allison Wilson with additional sound design by J.C. Swatek. Our live story segment is from a performance of my show, Life, Death, and Duran Duran, recorded at the Complex Theater in Hollywood. If listening to these stories helped you and you think they might help someone else, we'd love it if you could help keep it going by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. You can also be a huge help in making season two a reality by leaving us a tip of any size, whatever you can afford, on Venmo and paypal.me at IVFU Podcast. Thank you, and thanks for listening. I'm happy we shared this time together, because remember, it's all about being a family. And I'm a-